Yes, and welcome back to The Drop, a STAB weekly podcast that is mostly about surf news. I am your captain, Big Dick Power Server speaking, and today I will be in the presence of a holy man. Uh, I believe the man who actually started this show to begin with. We've got Danny Johnson this week. Danny is here to talk to us about the STAB edit of the year. It's back for 2023. We're going to talk about visiting Japan's Surf Stadium. What a nice wave pool that looks like. We'll talk about how One Shitty Wedge anchored the best surf cinema releases of 2022. It's true, unlikely, but true. And to start, we're going to talk about Surf Films Are Hard, which you can feel Danny's character oozing through the whole time, so... We're going to kick off with that topic. Let's catch up with him. Well, well, well. If it isn't Danny Johnson. Hey, Barkface. How you going? Look at you in your studio. Yeah, we got a professional studio here in uh, Stab HQ in Australia. we got a sound studio. I see that. You're in one of those rooms for either people doing audio or the people that aren't uh, trustworthy with their own bodies. That's <laughs> all padded out. Yeah, let's see how this goes. I might uh, I might need the panic panic room. Any soup today? If the if the surf if the surf news is juicy enough, then uh, yeah, I could start ramming my head against the wall. Mm, mm. Well, I think the first topic you may have already been driven to do that. Uh, yeah, almost. Well, let's get straight there then. Watch surf films are hard, featuring Jai Glindeman. Did you have to go to the padded room for this, Danny? <laughs> have you, have you, are you familiar with this space? Now, you know what? I, this project was fun for me. I didn't, I wasn't really a part of it until the end. So I guess for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, this project was a bit of a disaster that we ended up uh, just needing to find a new way to tell the story, which was just telling, talking about all our failures. It started out, it was meant to be a, Stab in the Dark Light with Jai Glinderman, who uh, people might remember from the first or earlier version of a film like this we did with him, which was uh, riding three boards from Steph's Electric Acid. That was called a microdose. That one went yeah extremely well. That actually launched Stab Premium Buck. I don't know if you remember that, but... I wasn't here yet, but I remember just watching it. Yeah, that was like a just everybody loved that. And I was like, let's repeat that, except with the mix boards. And then... Uh, yeah. That didn't work. Yeah, I guess. I don't know how it happened because I wasn't part of the project at that stage, but maybe we just we just fucked it up all around, but maybe there wasn't enough thinking that went into it or, or something. But yeah, so this project is probably like a little bit different to the typical one. It it quickly, when I, when I, I basically I was like looked at all this footage and it was just a disaster and there, there really wasn't much of a movie there. And cause like we, we pretty much follow a pretty, we've got, Stab's got a bunch of formulas. They're somewhere between documentary and reality TV in our own way. And this one, even though they're like, they're kind of simple formulas to follow, like this one just didn't have any of the pieces. So yeah, um, had to lock myself in the padded room and, and, uh, do it a little bit differently. Well, I think you did great. I remember this, like we have a weekly call. And we go through project by project what we're working on and whoever's owning that project provides updates. <laughs> I think that one had five different owners <laughs> it, over like 18 months, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
And then it came to you, and I'd say maybe two months later, we had a very unique film that I loved. I mean, I think it's definitely the type of thing where some people will... I think it's a love-hate thing. Um, Oh, for sure. There's definitely some hate. Yeah, but I loved it. I thought... I thought you did great. I thought it was an incredible watch. Um, Bill Wong helped us out with this. They seem happy with it, as far as I can tell. So it was a, a great a great salvage, which we might need your work in Honolulu, which we'll get to. You might need to head over to Maui, but uh, we'll get to that. That's for later. I forgot about how many how many meetings we would have where that would just be brought up like at the very end like so what's happening with this and and i don't i can't i don't know the exact amount of days past the deadline we were in the end but it was definitely over a year yeah which uh that's not ideal for any um commercial relationship Mm, not ideal but let's talk about it so this thing's bouncing around it's probably a year past when it's due it's had five different owners it's just this fucking used 1993 toyota and this thing comes to you, it's just a mess of footage with no real, um, I guess the idea originally was to just do this thing with the mix boards, but there we're missing all these key parts of the story to tell that properly. What was your process like to get it from just this mess to now a nice fun video to watch? Oh, I, that was pretty simple. That was just straight plagiarism. I just remember this music video I'd seen where uh, this rapper young thug doesn't actually show up and they'd spent a hundred thousand dollars making this film clip and the director just recut it and just told exactly what happened while the song plays in the background and and the plan was never to try and make something as good as that because it's a genuine like masterpiece it's easily the best film clip i've i've ever seen but I just saw that format that had a bunch of text on screen that just like listed out all the things that went wrong. And that to me was just so much more entertaining than like the good storytelling is always about like obstacles, right? Like someone's trying to achieve something and they have obstacles and then you, then you, you know, they try and overcome them and that's where you reveal character and things like that. And our, the obstacles that we were facing that were all self-inflicted, like all our complete fuck ups were just more interesting to me than someone trying to like figure out surfboards. So stealing that, stealing that concept. Um, yeah, it was kind of like the only way we could finish the film, I think, because we, it's kind of an abandonment in, in many ways. It's not like we like, <laughs> it definitely wasn't the plan to, uh, to, to, for how it turned out, but it was just kind of the only way I could see, see it, uh, yeah, getting finished. So that was that. Oh, uh, well, you told the story. It was honest. It was candid. We revealed some uh, some budget stuff in there. I don't know. We don't. I don't know if we figured out exactly how past due it was, but um, you really get to see the inside, and I think you did great, Danny. Plus, if you're if you're just a core surf dog and you don't want to hear about uh, our kind of shortcomings in life. There is just a free surf version coming of this. Uh, everybody loves watching Jai surf, and there's a ton of footage of him surfing well at Lennox. So that's coming, I believe, next week. But it's coming soon. Yeah, that's the number one complaint. Like everyone that has a complaint, that's what it is. I just, I want to watch him surf. And now that I've seen that raw surf cuts, and that's even was Jai's thing. I think anyone who spends that much time putting the effort into writing a bunch of boards and, 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 you know, spending that much time in the water to only see a, a selection of clips get used is, 
is probably pretty like devastating. I know Jai wasn't exactly psyched on the on the on the limited amount of surfing in the film, but anyway, yeah. So we have that surf edit coming out. Now that I watch that, we have actually compiled that. I'm like, kind of shit. Maybe it was entertaining enough just to live on uh, as the as the you know the original plan, you know. But anyway, people can make their mind up on that, and that that is definitely worth watching because, as you said, Jai is yeah, he's a He's a special talent. Mm, mm. Yeah, but I mean, to your point before, it's like so much of what works or what makes Stab in the Dark and the Electric Acid Surfboard Test so good is like we work with people that make sure they get every little moment that is going to ensure we tell a good story at the end. And it seemed like the Jai thing was missing some of that. But um, hey, now we got a little two for one special. Just the, it's the most unique project i think you'll see from us the surf films are hard and then uh the surf dog one is coming so yeah yeah it's a win-win and let us know if you hate it we're, we're open to feedback yes tell us tell us uh that's what that's actually one of the things i learned today buck i know you say learned in america but we have a t on the word sometimes in mm. uh uk english but um actually no scrap that i'm not gonna go on this spiel right now yeah do it come on no what did we learn today oh <laughs> It's a, I don't know how to tell this story as quick, but you know, Tom Bird, right? The audience might not know Tom, but he's one of the co-owners of Stab, Tom and Sam and Stab. And he's been staying in this like haunted house at the moment uh, by himself. Wow, it's like there's really? a ghost or whatever. Yeah. And he, so he hasn't been sleeping at all, but he loves it. But he's just been walking around with this like, like manic kind of uh, energy, just like talking all day, just spitting out like facts. I've just kind of been learning and what did i just tell you i learned i kind of lost my train of thought i don't know it was it was something about okay i think we were talking about feedback like give us feedback and then it went to tom oh yeah yeah so, house, so we're doing I don't know where you're going yeah, I'm, I'm gonna turn this i'm gonna turn this story into a plug so you know db we're doing this collaboration with db the board bag company yeah so we've we've made these board bags they're amazing we're actually doing a giving giveaway so maybe i don't know when that comes out on the site but Listeners should sort of like keep their ear out for it because it's actually amazing yeah, it's, opportunity. It's, cool it's going to be these crazy high quality board bags that DB and Stab have made together, mostly DB, and we're just I don't know we're partnering with them. We put a circle on it. They're all, they're the geniuses behind the <laughs> behind the industrial design. But um, anyway, and so they're putting these board. We're going to send these board bags out to the first people in each region that can show us a plane ticket, let us know that they're going on a surf trip, and prove it. And then they just want these people to like rip into them with feedback and, and Tom in his like manic state was getting like real into like Norwegian philosophy and stuff. And he was telling me about these, like the law of Junty. Do you know the law of Junty? I've never heard about any of this stuff, but it's like, do not think you're anything special. You are not as good as you think you are. Like it's all about all the, it's like these 10 commandments of Nor Norwegian thinking that Tom thinks is all like part of their brand philosophy because they're all like stealth and black and minimal and they're open to like feedback open to their products being torn apart. But basically it's just these uh, Norwegian 10 commandments on how to not be a dickhead. And yeah, it's one of the things I learned today. That is incredible. How haunted is Tom's house? <laughs> Man, it's like, I don't really, uh, I've never had a paranormal experience. But then, you know, sometimes you hear some stories, like it, it's like there's, there's people, it's just been empty for years because so many people have experiences in there that... Uh, it's, it's just where he's staying for a little while, but yeah, like things happen on the, on the regular. Wow. I wonder if everybody just ends up kind of, you know, 
that stays in the house just finds Nordic philosophy at some point, and that's just kind of part of the process. It's a Norwegian ghost for sure. <laughs> and, and it's really humble, a humble ghost. Stab edit of the year is back for 2023. Yes, baby, it's back. Kale Walsh won the first edition. He's already been on the Bitcoin roller coaster. Uh, since we announced it, he's been up two grand, down two grand, and now he's up fifteen hundred. So does he does he know any of that though? Because he hasn't got his Bitcoin yet. No, I've asked him. He just doesn't seem concerned about that. He's like, oh yeah, I'll hit birdie at some point. And I guess probably he's like hits Tom, and Tom's just telling him Nordic. Uh, <laughs> he's just telling him be humble. That's a long phone call. <laughs> he's gonna get a lot more than some like. Uh, bitcoin key yeah yeah then uh anyway yeah. so it is back it is back kale uh i guess we're his financial managers right now because yeah we're still watching it but we have some changes this year we have no more time limit the time limit last year was five minutes to i think 18 maybe 20 but the best example of why we thought we should change that was nasvid nasvid we call the film because it broke that time limit, but it was kind of what we're trying to encourage with edit of the year, just good surfing, good music, somebody doing it right. So we kind of looked at that and said, okay, we want projects like that involved this year. How do we do that? The easiest fix was ridding ourselves of that time limit. Um, basically the difference between films and edits this year, it's a film if it has multiple surfers such as Glad You Scored, or if it's built around a narrative, um, Through the Doggy Door was a good example of that this year. So no matter how long it takes, could be three minutes, could be 35, if it's just primarily one surfer, surf action and music, that is an edit. Um, another change, we're getting rid of the quarters. We tried to introduce a quarterly system last year to encourage people to enter throughout the year. Uh, that didn't really work. It's just these things are hard to control. People are just ready to launch them when they're ready to launch them. They, it's one of those things I think where like, you've been working at it for months and if somebody tells you, hey, wait a month or do this, do that, it just doesn't really work. Um, people kind of have their own timelines and heads so we couldn't really enforce a quarter thing. So that is done as well. Danny, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts out of the year? It's going to be like Oscar season now. You know when all the good movies come out around the award time? Like hopefully it has enough pull. Well, it kind of... We need, it's, it's mostly about the, the gravitas of winning now because the Bitcoin, we try to invest a shitload of money to in, encourage people to continue to make edits. I guess that was the point of this whole thing is, is the landscape was changing so much and vlogs were showing up and there was less incentive for the surf edit. And we wanted to try and keep it alive. So through this huge amount of coin at, um, <laughs> at it, bought Bitcoins, which then completely shit the bed. So... Um, I don't know, maybe they'll turn around and come back this year because there's going to be another Bitcoin on offer, right? That's going to be first prize again or no? This year it's one Ethereum. <laughs> it's uh, 1600 bucks. That's <laughs> it. It's a Bitcoin again. Um, like you said, we bought two. So I guess beyond 2023, we'll see. But that's kind of the funniest aspect of this is we bought it. I don't know the exact number, but it was near the top. Uh, oh, yeah, it was like... And horrendous timing yeah and the sense at that time was like oh it's only gonna keep on going up so we're being smart by locking in two right now like this is the best thing we can do <laughs> and so 
we bought the two, which I think by just reannouncing this, because you know we didn't say we're buying two and then we'll just do it as the price for the next two years. Just like buy at least one for this year and then buy another just to see what happens. I can almost guarantee now that we've we're saying we're gonna get rid of this next one, it's going up. <laughs> um, I've never I've never made a prediction in this world. I don't follow it, but I'm gonna throw my first one out there. 40k by May, um, just on on. On the back of this news announcing that we're giving ours away, it is going to double by May. Um, so keep an eye out for that. So what did you say Kales is sitting at now? Kales is at right now, it's at, I think, like 25 Oh, that's amazing. Is that American dollars? Yeah, American dollars. That's like 4 million Australian dollars. That's that's still a huge prize. I thought, thought for some reason it was way, way down. No, that's still massive. And it's only going up. You're right. It could be... It could be a lot more by the end of the year. When so when when do people need to get their edits in if anyone's going to submit for for this year's surfer of the year or editor of the year? It is by November. Um, we do that because another thing we're changing this year is the voting system. Last year we had part of the vote coming from the Stab Premium audience, or basically the Stab Premium audience picked their favorites, and then we use that as a short list to give to the Stab Surfer of the Year poll. We did that this year, and the results were just exactly the same. So we're doing it all through the STAB Surfer of the Year poll this year, and premium members still get a chunk of the vote there. It was 10% this past year, but can't promise that yet. It'll, it'll be involved probably at that 10% range again, but they'll have their say there. And like I said, last time it was just exactly the same. So why overcomplicate it? Make it simple. Deadlines end in November. By then, Bitcoin will be 120k USD. We'll get ed- edits from every surfer that Kelly will enter, I believe. Um, oh yeah. I think when it's at 120k, you know, in uh, in October by October 17th, that's what it'll be at based off my uh, AI analytics. Yeah, he's a coiner. He'll be paying attention. I think so. I think so. So. Keep an eye out. We will be having fun with this all year. We're going to get some really good surfing for everybody. And let's keep the edits alive. Still love a good surf edit. Mm. They're great. A foreigner's guide to visiting Japan's surf stadium. Danny. Yes. You've been to Japan? Yes. What's it like? <laughs> Have you never been there? No, nah, I've never been. Oh, it's it's easily the best place you can ever go. And I don't I'm not like trying to be, exaggerate or be even the slightest bit silly with that answer. Like it is the most fun. But Japan is so unique and the culture there is so interesting and great. It's not like it's unique and it's different and it's that's all it is, it's different. It's like so good. Like everything from the people, the food and the how meek they are and also at the same time weird and just the best place you can ever go. Wow. Five stars. I really want to go. I've never been. And this story is going to help. So the surf stadium there opened in 2021. You know what else was happening in 2021? COVID. Uh, So nobody could go. Japan was closed. (laughs) And now restrictions have loosened. You can go. Maybe there's some countries where you can't, but I think for most countries that our audience are from, U.S., Australia, Europe, you are allowed to go. It's open. And so we thought it was a good time to unleash a guide to visiting. So this breaks down everything from how to get there, how much you should look to spend, where you should stay, everything like that. And I was kind of surprised. Like this, first of all, this pool is 
right now the only operational pool that you could also walk to actual waves and surf. So I think that's a huge, huge draw to me because I, I feel like I've been to a pool a few times and because I've had to travel to them, it's usually a day or two between like a surf session and a pool session. Being able to potentially do that in the same day, I feel like would reveal a lot about how the two experiences compare. Whereas when you have that like few days of a difference, it's um, it's kind of harder to sense it. Hey, you know what this story smelt like to me a little bit? Great story. Like I loved it. And I feel like um, I was any, ever since we saw that, uh, Evan Geiselman clip of this pool. It was just like, holy shit sauce. This is, mm. this is like the peak of, of, um, wave pool, um, technology right now. Like it's American wave machines, perfect swell. It's where, um, the next, it, it's the next stab high step, stab high is coming back to a pool. We don't, can't say exactly where yet, but it'll definitely be in, in American wave machines pool somewhere. So either Japan, the new one in Brazil or Waco again. And, um, yeah, so this, this thing is like, is so messed up and I think everyone's so interested to hear more about it as am I. Um, but I just couldn't help but thinking when I was reading this story, I was like, is this, uh, Jamie who wrote the story? Is this, is this the oldest trick in the book? Is this Jamie like, oh, how am I going to like get some money back on this trip to Japan? I know I'll just, uh, write a quick story on it and then claim it on tax. Oh yeah. And that was, that was from the jump. Oh, was it? He said, Hey, I'm going. And I... Oh yeah, I mean, he didn't expressly say that, but I obviously knew he's like, "Hey, I'm going. Would you like this guide?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, that's a win-win. Like, you get to write it off, uh, we get a guide because he answered a bunch of questions that I had about it. Like I said, I'd never been to Japan, so everything from like how the public transit works there, um, how much it costs to go surf the pool, how much an average dinner is there, how much an average room. He broke it all down, but clearly I saw that and. Let's not write off that move either. That thing is... Oh, no. I, I mean, that is the best thing you can do. And that's why writing is the best because... Anyone who's ever worked in a surf mag knows that trick. It's it's as... It's, uh, yeah, it's a story as old as time. I wrote, a, I wrote like a weird thing about surfing in Italy once because I went to a wedding there. I mean, let's just... <laughs> <laughs> that was... I've always wondered like how how legit it is like how many words do you have to churn out before you can just claim a whole holiday on tax i don't know i mean i i've had to think about that deeply a lot because it's like it feels a little bit weird but at the same time especially in the u.s you hear like about the richest people writing off like horses and shit that they bought and you're like well fuck you if this guy's buying a horse like you know what you're gonna you could chip in or you could at least not <clears throat> judge me on my economy class ticket like Fucking guy bought a horse. I hope you had a good trip, Jamie. But um, yeah, I saw straight through that. But great story. I'm so. I want to go back to Japan now that that pool's there. That's uh, that just makes that place even better. One thing to note: it is closed for the next month or two, just because it's midwinter there and you'd be pretty miserable. So note that it's noted in the story. But go read this thing. Everything you need to go. Everything you need to know to go visit it. And yeah, it looks like the most fun place ever. I found tickets for 650 USD from LA, 750 AUD from Sydney, and 750 Euro from Paris. So it seems doable from many corners of the world. And go surf there, surf out front the same day. Tell us what's different about it. Um, we're open to feedback. We're like Norwegian uh, <laughs> ghost people here.
Hey, you know, I had my first surf in a pool the other day. I still had never done it. Let's get the review. What a get? Yeah, tell me about it. How how was it? You went. You guys went to the. Oh man, I don't know why I hadn't done it. I wasn't like one of those like ph- philosophically opposed people, but I just said I didn't hadn't it hadn't the opportunity hadn't shown up, or I'd had opportunities and they'd like slipped on past because I was busy or whatever. But um, Creatures of Leisure had this day. They've got this like new product coming out. This like it's really exciting new. Um, innovation in product design that they're doing. And we're not allowed to talk about it until it comes out, but it comes out really soon. Anyway, so they had this big day down there. They invited a bunch of people. And um, yeah, we went down and we learned about that and then surfed in the pool. Except Mick's, Mick Fanning's one of the owners of Creatures of Leisure or an investor, I'm not sure on what level, but he was a really big part of this new product thing. So he was there. And so had to surf in the pool with Mick, which is, you know, as you can imagine, like he's really good. So wait, you're just like, it's not just you guys were there the same day. It was like you were actually in the like on the side of the wave with him, and just like you had to go like oh like take off on the next one and stuff. Just yeah, like I've, I. That's hard. He did fall off on one though, and I was like, yes, I was so psyched. <laughs> <laughs> it actually like it's weird though when you watch Mick make a mistake. It's like a, some like glitch in the Matrix though, because it just it just doesn't seem like it's meant to happen because every single part of his surfing is so flawless and good to watch and yeah when he when he messed one up i was like yes uh it's, it's almost like you know when you see animals in the like not the shit animals like dogs or puppy dogs that fall over and stuff but like the good ones like the ones in africa that are just cruising across a plane or whatever like and they just <laughs> never make mistakes they're so like majestic and like sort of perfect with their their uh their senses are just dialed up to a million it's like mix like that so when you see him make a mistake you're like what that's that's not meant to happen but um yeah <laughs> the good other than mick being there making it um making it you know making uh making yourself feel really shit about your own surfing it was really fun i love it mm. yeah any other any other reviews when you ride what was uh it was as fun as you imagine. Oh, I rode the wrong board. I hadn't been surfing. I, I, I went into it in the worst possible way. Hadn't had enough water. I was getting like cramps halfway through the first session. And so I just had a complete melt. Um, but in terms of just like how fun the wave is, like that was the urban surf in Melbourne, how just like kind of punchy and and just the, the, the nature of just like the consistency where you just kind of like paddle back out, another one, another one, another one, another one. And then you just wrecked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's really good time. I kind of felt the same way about pools. Like I was not philosophically opposed to them. I knew they'd be fun and I just kind of felt like I wasn't going to force it. I just had the sense that I would naturally end up there, whether it's just like with friends or some sort of gathering or through a work thing. Um, I'm happy it finally aligned for you, but this Japan one, like I would, I'd seek it out on my own. Having never been there and with that proximity to the ocean to know that you could like, you know, I'd imagine if you time it right, they're not booked all the way through. You can kind of cherry pick like when you want to surf in the water, when you want to surf in the pool. That just seems like the sickest trip ever. So that's actually something I would, mm. I would make happen rather than just like wait and, and see. But anyway, I guess... I should drink some water beforehand and be more like uh, one of the good animals in Africa. Oh yeah. Stay hydrated. Don't go surfing with, yeah. Don't go surfing with like someone that's really good. And uh, yeah, you'll have a you guaranteed good time. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for the advice.
How One Shitty Wedge Anchored the Best Surf Cinema Releases of 2022. Danny, I am very happy we have you on this week because you have some experience not standing up. And this wave is a place where a lot of people don't stand up. So you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about it from a personal experience. I used to... um catch waves lying down when I was like younger for sure. And uh, uh, bodyboarders are kind of the first to surf a lot of waves. And this one is definitely one that it almost requires a bodyboard, like it seems. And I, I don't know any other wave. And you, you watch this section and wedges are just by far the most interesting waves always. It's just, you know, two bits of water meeting like that. It just always makes for unexpected or just interesting and fun things to to watch on in surf cinema. But this one, because it's over reef and it just handles so much size, it just kind of looks impossible. And you know, like we saw it in Noah's film, Nosvid, Mikey Wright surfed it earlier in one of his pretty uh, physics edits, and just it just looks insane. You can kind of see why surfers haven't really made um i don't know haven't made many inroads out there until kind of recently and there's that quote from wade carroll in the story wade carroll's uh filmer works with mikey a lot and he said that that mikey's easily got the best make rate out there that he's seen and even he on a good day is only making two out of ten waves so i I can't think of another wave in in the world that has that low of a make rate no neither can i and if that was all that surfing was, was just surf that place or you're not participating in this, I'm fucking done. Like I have <laughs> no interest in that. Maybe if it was a left, I wouldn't be just retiring from surfing, but uh, one-eyed pirate trying to chip into that thing, no fucking thank you. Um, and even when I watch it, I'm like, this isn't, the experience as the viewer is so unlike, you know, I guess in the past, I still think this side of surfing is super important, but like you can get excited over people figuring out new grabs or new whatever little things to kind of add something different. Like, especially people like Albulaire and Matt Miola have put a lot into like different spins and combining those different grabs. Like, I think that's sick. That's always going to be a part of it. But those incremental things you kind of have to like buy into to really, to really appreciate. Whereas this, as a viewer, you could just immediately appreciate it. You're like, what is, it's so compelling. You're like, why mm. are they trying that? Like you said, if the best person has a two out of 10 make rate, it's just like, it is fucking fascinating. Yeah. I can't, I've never been, I, I can't remember the last time I was that glued to the screen watching a surf edit. Cause it, it doesn't even matter that they're, it's not like you care that they're not making it or it doesn't make it less interesting. Like you just, every time they paddle into wave, you're just like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah, it's insane. It's so compelling. And you get to see a ton of it because part of this, if you go to this story, you'll be able to watch Quicksilver's Saturn Raw edit, which you may remember their film, Saturn, which featured that wave. But this is more raw. It's just you get to see almost everything from it, and it's still edited in a very, very tasteful way. It's not just one of those raw YouTube clips that I guess are popular now. It's uh, still good music, good editing. And it is just wild to watch. A um, little bit of crossover here because this title references, and you were talking about before, how anchored the best surf cinema releases of 2022. 
So it featured heavily in Noah Dean's Nasvid. And the crossover is that Noah voted for Saturn as his film of the year. He didn't vote for himself, as uh, some people do. He Pretty much everybody else voted for him, but he voted for Saturn. And I think that has to... He's Norwegian, for sure. It's very Norwegian of him. Uh, so thank you. Maybe he's been staying at Tom's Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> But I'd have to think it's also traced to just the fact that he appreciates what they, what that experience of that wave is like. Yeah. I'm sure he saw Kale and Rolo trying to surf that thing and were like, okay, yeah. Like the fact that they were able to pull some of that off, like I'm sure that factored into his, his voting for Saturn. So it's really interesting too, because he had some quotes about how it's kind of like skateboarding in, in that people seek going to different spots just because once the spot's been done, it's kind of been done. You really have to do something completely different to make it relevant again. Whereas if you go somewhere new, you all of a sudden introduce something new to it. And there's people, it, it just is, matters more. Um, you probably wouldn't guess it, but when I talked to Kanoa Igarashi, I did an interview with him recently, he said something strikingly similar. He was talking about how at waves, especially like Pipe and Chopu, there's only so much like w the people are getting better out there for sure. And like people are going on heavier ones, but it's still like, it's so incremental. It's like almost everything has been done. Yeah. You could get away with those better than the other best wave, but it's still these kind of tiny changes. Whereas he also said that like, he likes seeing what people do at new waves and he, he referenced watching a lot of the free surf edits. So not something I really expected for somebody as calm focused as him. And I think it's something that, hopefully more and more surfers start to think like this and start to think at these psycho kind of bug waves and see what they could do out there because this stuff has shown you don't even have to it's great when you make one but even if you're making two out of ten at best it's still compelling so hopefully we see this approach getting more and more accepted by surfers because it's it's so fun to watch yeah it doesn't even really have a category either it's you couldn't just call it like slab surfing and i guess like what noah's talked a lot about is is basically hanging out with bodyboarders. He's, he's so obsessed with bodyboarding. And, and so he's hunting down bodyboard spots and bug lines. And that's kind of been like Noah's drive or whatever. But I, I feel like it's, it's hard to define cause you look at Kale and he, he sits in this like rare uh, zone of bravery. Like big wave surfing to me is, is, you know, it's, it's as gnarly. We all know how gnarly it is. It's, it is what it is. It's so fucked up. But what Kale does with like wedges and slabs and then like the most committed hitting of sections that we saw in his edit that, we, that won edit of the year. It's, it's kind of in a whole new genre of, of, uh, like, I don't know, bravery, I guess. And it's just way more, to me, it's way more entertaining than tr traditional big wave surfing, which is tip. A lot of the time it might be a big tube, but it's kind of like one line. Whereas this stuff is, it's just, it's a lot more going on. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I think like, that's why I do think it's really cool bringing back edit of the year because it does. Yeah. The prize is one thing, but I also think it just keeps that format alive. It, it keeps celebrating it and showing people like, Hey, here's a box to paint in, you know, surf the best you can when it feels right, put it to some music and let's make a big thing out of this. So the Ethereum that we're might give Kale this year is one thing, but the whole idea of just giving them a lane to kind of exist in something 
a goal and objective, I think, is a huge part of it, too. So hopefully we get to see more people uh, <laughs> just do stupid things in the ocean and we get to watch and <laughs> enjoy it. That's the funniest thing about writing an article about that wave is it, there's just no concern about blowing it out because not that we named where it is and anyone who knows people and is good enough to surf it will probably be able to figure it out and or ask around and, and get there. But I just can't imagine anyone showing up. I just, it's just, no one's just going to, that spot's not going to be crowded suddenly. You know what I mean? You could probably do 10 articles on it and it's just not, it's not inviting enough for, for that. I mean, I hope so. It's funny you brought that up. I do actually, I did want to kind of reveal it. Oh yeah. Where is it? It's Koshos. It's the famous point break uh, in Portugal. It's Koshos. So. A yacht just ran aground at one of Hawaii's most sacred surf spots. Danny, I wanted to ask you, in general, are you for or against luxury yachts uh, crashing into iconic reefs? I mean... What's your stance? Uh, I'm going to say I'm against. How, what about you? Why? Well, um... <laughs> go ahead. I don't want to have to... Um, just point out the obvious here, but it's, it's just, I'm all about the greater good for the most amount of people. And one rich guy to get with boat in the way, there could be people trying to surf. There could be animals trying to live and the oil mm. it, that's, it's just the maths, you know, it's just down to maths for me. Okay. Well, there you have it. We're going to come out on the podcast and say, we are against this. We are against, we've taken a hard stance against yachts crashing into uh, iconic surf breaks. So there you have it. This is, this boat is called the... Oh, just on that bug. Do you have any sympathy for the rich people? Because they just, they're so hated. Do I have any? You know, you just crash one little... No, I'm going to tell you why I don't. Okay, okay. I'm going to tell you that why I have none, okay? boat is called the Nakoa. It's 94 feet long, 94 foot long, however you want to say that. It's got four bedrooms, five bathrooms. When you rent it out, it's equipped with a masseuse, a chef, and in all these things it lays out. I looked on the site. It also says TVs. How many TVs? It's, it just said TVs and sound system. Sound system I get. Have the music going when you're out on the yacht. But you're going to have all these things. You're going to spend at least 10 k a day on renting this thing, going around Hawaii, bouncing around islands, doing your thing. You're going to fucking watch TV. Like, is that, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine that, like, that's, you surround yourself with all this shit and you just, you're going to watch The Bachelor on this thing? Like, the TV pushed me, it just triggered me for some reason. Why, why have a TV on this thing? Isn't the whole point to be out there experiencing the islands? It's like, it, I got mad about the TV. Yeah, it's a good point, Buck. I mean, I don't know if it's the most important part of this story, but it's, it's certainly, uh, that's a good point. Well, the, the most important thing is that it's just spilling diesel everywhere and um, could potentially damage the reef. If they're going to see they're doing this, you might need to help them. Like I said, there's a salvage effort going on right now to get this thing off the reef. So I think once they see uh, surf films are hard, they might be calling you to help them. But, okay, so the oil and the reef damage, they'll assess the reef damage once they are able to once there's a 94 foot boat off of it. Um, but it is, it's a shit story. And obviously that's what matters most. But you asked me if I have any, any 
sympathy or pity for these people and the tvs i wouldn't have anyway let's be honest but the tvs pushed me over the line yeah the rich they're so hated they're just people it's like everyone's comment is like goddamn rich people they just it's hard look to pull off being rich would you i gotta give you a hypothetical would you if you could be like filthy filthy rich but your first day of being rich you had to crash your yacht onto a famous reef like pipeline or something would you would you do it i don't think so i don't know especially like the imagery you have to go just look at the image when you just see a boat in a position it just looks so awkward and i don't think i could do that um plus i don't really get the point of getting that rich like like i said what are you gonna do get that rich so you can yacht around watching the bachelor (laughs) in greece like fuck why i so no i'm i'm gonna just go i'm gonna go i'm gonna be norwegian here this is the norwegian philosophy episode of the drop (laughs) thank you tom bird and tom bird's ghost for guiding us yeah i I wonder what this uh, they can probably afford some really impressive pr person i wonder what the spin's gonna be on this one you know yeah but what maybe they'll just like be like oh I, i had anxiety or uh, like check themselves in a rehab for sex addiction or any of the, like the ah. the kind of cliche uh, get out of jail I've fucked up publicly um, playbook but yeah I don't know it's a fuck man like it so now that they're sa- they're saying as well that the reef is potentially damaged which could affect the wave and if that turns out to be true I, I mean an environmental disaster like local like you know the, man the water in Hawaii is I mean we shouldn't shouldn't pollute any. We should be doing everything we could can for the environment everywhere. But it, when it's it's so magic there, like there's that volcanic rock into just this tropical water, and the idea that some one one fuck up from one person or you know one person's fun on a boat is now going to ruin the environment there, and then potentially you know destroy an iconic wave or alter it is just uh, it's just such a disaster. So what about you? Would you be mega rich if you had to first day crash your boat into a widely beloved sacred spot? Well, I mean, you'd have to say no because you'd probably just, I mean, Hawaii's changed a lot, but there used to be some, uh, used to be some, uh, how should we say? Um, Vigilante. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. Oh man, it would be hard to just be cruising around Hawaii uh, while you're waiting for your boat to get repaired and and not get roughed up, that's for sure. Yeah, no, fuck no. You'd get, you'd just get murdered. Well, Danny and I both took the high ground here. Um, as I said, this episode is presented by Nordic Philosophy. Uh, so thank you, Tom Bird, once again. Thank you to the ghosts of Tom Bird. And it is almost time for a surf sin. Let's see if we can avoid the Nordic Philosophy in administering our penances. I'm not sure we can. But before we get there, let's talk about what's next. We have the Jai Glindeman free surf edit that we've been talking about. That's coming. We have Sterling Spencer, a Sterling Spencer documentary called Are You Serious? It's a pretty wild project. It goes into his brain injury. Uh, you could watch the trailer on stabmag.com right now. People thought he was kidding about it. They thought it was a joke. Um, so it tells his story in detail, and it's an incredible watch. That is coming next week, March 2nd. And then we have some CS news as well. We have some challenges to the Challenger series that we're going to be talking about next week. And I'll also have on, as a guest, while Mikey's still out, the number one fantasy surfer in the world. Um, 
I think you'll be surprised by who that is, but we will talk to them next week. Now it is time. Time for the serve sin with an original, what do we call ourselves? Priests? Shamans? Uh, what are you, Danny? We're reverends. We're reverends. Is that a word? Yeah, one of, one of our first reverend series back on to administer penance. Let's hear the surf sin. It's, it's an interesting one. I like it. What's up, fellas? Um, thought I'd jump on here and uh, give you guys a bit of a surf sin that I'm not too proud of. Um, so I live in uh, South Oz on the mid-coast. Um, and, yeah, there's this little wave... Um, it kind of breaks near the river mouth called Baby Rincons. Um, I mean, a good day there's two foot. <laughs> um, so I was surfing, oh, I think this was like last summer or last winter, a year or two ago, and um, yeah, it's a reef break, so it breaks in this real certain spot. Um, there's lefts and rights, but on low tide, you can't really go right. Um, and it was low tide when I was surfing yet, and it was me, like two groms, like 13 or 15. And then this old grandpa, I'm what I believe to be his grandson, um, out there. And um, this grandpa was just sitting right on the peak, um, just pushing his son or grandson um, onto these waves. Every good wave that would come through, like, it's pretty long lulls. Um, <laughs> and there'd be, like, maybe one good wave in the set. And every wave, he'd wait and just push his kid <laughs> onto the good ones and... You know, I was getting pretty frustrated, um, and this kid can't even stand up on the board. He's not surfing, you know, and there's a beach maybe 50 metres down. It's perfect to learn on. Um, so, yeah, I caught a wave, and then the other two groms um, caught a wave, and as we're paddling back out, we watched the grandpa put the kid, push the kid on the best set wave um, again, and we kind of had a bit of a complaint, and I... Um, <laughs> decided um, that I had enough and I said to the, to the Groms, I was like, oh, next good way, just burn the kid, you know, just drop him in him, I'll do the same. <laughs> and so sure enough, the set wave came and this kid just like turned and burned this kid. I mean, he wasn't standing up or anything. And then the grandpa starts going off and I get the next wave and, and go in. And then as I come off, I turn around and see the, the Grom paddling back out. And the grandpa just blasted him, um, giving him all kinds of hell about surf etiquette and, you know, burning your son and await your turn and this and that. And by this point, I was just so over it. Instead of paddling back out and, you know, backing the kid up that I told to burn this, this other little kid, um, I just, yeah, walked in and, and left, left him with the, with the grandpa to cop a bit of a spray, but... Yeah, let me know the tenants, boys. Um, yeah, not my proudest moment, eh? <laughs> wow, this is like, uh, it sounds like this guy just took a book out of the U.S. military conflict handbook, just kind of, you know, getting a, getting, a little, getting a little something going over there. A few parties involved, just kind of funding it. <laughs> And then um, if it's not working, see yourself out. Yeah, it was a real cold war, wasn't it? I don't think I would have done anything differently, though. Yeah, it's pretty relatable. <laughs> like, it's to me, it's like I would have, if I found myself in that, it's 
shitty how it all worked out, I guess. Like, I would have eventually probably got fed up and just been like, okay, kid, let's just, you know, we're done with this. Let's just start dropping on this kid. I think that's the fucking worst. I think we've all experienced when, like, somebody has, or at least is acting like they are a local or kind of run a spot, and they just kind of pass that on to somebody. Like, that generational handing down you if that's the thing you should have to earn it i guess you shouldn't just like once you're five just automatically you're like you see people like i've even heard of surf guides in certain places like blocking waves for people um i don't think that works by association i don't think it should so that's so fucking annoying i would lose my mind if if i was out there and that was happening especially it was fun so i get i get that and then i still get why he I get the frustration. I get why he decided, hey, let's just burn this kid. And the, the, it happened to be the other kid who did it first. And then I get going in. Like if you just kind of saw this conflict that you started and maybe you happen to be on the inside and you were tired and just kind of done anyway, I get just kind of disappearing like a ghost <laughs> and going back to Tom Bird's house. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I, I agree though. I feel like the, the old man, the grandpa, it's a far bigger surf sin. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it's just... To me, I just, I could remember being a kid and I just remember what it's like when you, you're in that situation where you're in the right. Like I feel like that kid that burnt, he, he had a great argument, but when you're a kid and it's an adult and especially if they're aggressive, you don't really have the skills to respond. So just the idea of this kid just getting hammered by this <laughs> old guy and not really having this, uh, not being able to articulate a comeback in any way. And like, if you, you know, like now, if, if you, you would just, as an adult, you would just be able to smash them. But I remember those situations as a kid and you're like, damn it. Like all he had to say was, was like, shut up pedophile or, or something <laughs> like that. And that old man just would have been like, he would have had nothing, but the, I'm sure the kid was there just getting hammered and just going, oh, and just quivering. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Poor fella. I mean, you got to feel for him, but He's not the sinner here. He got caught up by it. He's the one that caught the heat, but he, little kid, you're not the sinner. Next time somebody yells, no, he's a victim. <laughs> next time somebody yells at you in any setting, whether it's school, your parents, a stranger, just call them a pedophile. Uh, that's our advice to you. Yep. It works every time. It works every time. They can't come back. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Well, they definitely can't keep talking to a little kid after you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, pedophile. Um, Anyway, I, and I also agree that the this dad or granddad, he's the biggest sinner. Um, and I, yeah, I understand our, our confessor's course of action. So I'm going to keep it simple because it's a funny story. And yeah, I, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I just think he needs to be on the other end of that. And he needs to match make in some way through surfing. Um, whether it's linking up two people that might have romantic interest in each other or two friends from different friend groups who might get along really well. He just needs to, he kind of linked up two people in a negative way. He just needs to kind of counteract that by bringing two people together in a positive way. I'm keeping it simple today. What do you mean? Give me an example of this. I don't know what you mean. Okay, best example, probably easiest would be if you have some different friend groups, people who surf, and you get the sense that, two people from different groups would really get along. Like maybe they have the same kind of energy. They're both really frothy. We'll surf whatever. You just kind of link them up. You go for a surf all three, let them be friends. It's just kind of that linking up two people that wouldn't have otherwise been brought together. I like um, it. Simple. It's easy. And if it, if there is a way to do it romantically, a blind date type surf situation, we could explore that. I'm also not ex ex 
I'm also not opposed to it being explored through surfboards as well, just linking somebody up with a board or a wave that he knows that they would really like, just being that kind of link to them. So simple, wholesome, nice sin. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> All right. That's very nice, Buck. Uh, I got a penance, uh, and I, I actually identified another surf sin. Again, not our uh, the person who sent the surf sin in sin necessarily. I don't think so, but... At the start, he mentions that the spot he's surfing is called Little Rincon. Is I hear that right? Or Baby Rincon or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that just annoys me just beyond belief when people mm. don't have enough originality to come up with a, a new name for a spot. Like, I, I can just, I've never yeah. been there. I mean, I don't think I have, or I don't remember it, but I can just guarantee that the wave has got, it just doesn't resemble Rincon in the slightest. Uh, or even if it did, I, I'm sure, you know, they could have spent. 30 seconds coming up with a, an original name for, for whoever did it. So I would like to see this guy um, come up with a new name, his own name, Grandpa Point uh, or something stupid and then erect a sign. That would be, um, that to me would be a very fair penance. That is great. I love that. Cause I agree. It is like, Oh God, it's annoying. It's super annoying. That's a good, I, that's a pet peeve. I never knew I had. Now I do. Thank oh, you, man, Danny. It's, it's everywhere. Such and such pipe and it's just nothing like pipe or you know trestles there's like wait fuck it's annoying just pull out a dictionary and pick a random word if if you if you're struggling but we we can all we can Mm. all pull our heads Mm. together and come up with a new name all right thank you danny go on your healing journey get out the dictionary start making some matches do your thing heal and as a reminder we are asking everybody to submit surf sins as videos now the plan there coming soon is we're going to feature you on the stab instagram and we are going to open you up to penances from our audience so <laughs> oh my god yeah we're gonna we'll put it on ig and we'll have our audience assign penances to you we'll read the best ones on air and then we'll also assign our own so if you are willing to subject yourself to that, which you should be because it's part of healing, please send us some videos and um, keep an eye out on our Instagram. Just watch people get <laughs> cooked on there. They get a special something for doing that, right? Because it's 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 somewhat, it's much closer to anonymous if it's just a voice thing, which I'm sure we still want as well, right? If someone's not willing to do the video, still send the voice in. But what are we going to give people that put their face and 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 voice out there to the public and express a sin because that's a that's a pretty vulnerable spot to be in. They're bearing all. We got to give them something, Buck. We are. Oh, what did you say it already? Am I did I blank out on that? No, inner peace. That is all we got for you this week. And remember, bogging a rail sometimes, maybe falling on an air mistiming a turn it's all acceptable we're human beings we make mistakes but if you pull back on a wave that you were in position for that had a makeable barrel just consider all the air you breathe the food you eat all the chemical reactions and hard labor that went into the devices that even put you in the ocean that day and know deep down that they are all a waste Good night.